Hey, good morning. Hasn't it been great already? Whoa, I love it. <laughs> you know, I, we'll, we'll find your music somewhere. I mean, if, if from when a man loves a woman to waiting on a woman, that's quite a quite a leap in genre there, but it's great stuff. I really enjoyed it. Could I just say a couple things before I get started this morning? Number one is uh, today's talk is going to be a little bit different from, from most talks because usually it's just one way, just me talking to you, but uh, it could be that today that I talk about something and I leave something unsaid or maybe don't go far enough or maybe you want some clarification or it could just be that you want me to go in a direction that the talk doesn't go into. So what you're going to be able to do today is text during the message. Usually, you know, we ask you to turn your phones off when you come in here, but today you can leave them on as long as you turn the ringer down. I don't know. Is it just Murphy's Law? It seems like every time I go in some place and accidentally leave my phone on, somebody calls me. Uh, so if you would, just leave the ringer down, but it's okay to go ahead and turn it on. And if I get boring, you can just go ahead and start playing a video game or something on your phone. Uh, but hopefully that will happen. So that's the first thing I'd like to ask for you, uh, ask you to do if you want to text a question. If, if we have more questions than I can handle in today's talk, I'll, I'll answer some of these FAQs on my blog, and you can access that through the church webpage. And then the second thing that I, I want to talk to you about is uh, I want to talk to parents for just a moment because I know sometimes parents bring kids in, and, and that's, that's, you know, that's cool if you feel like your kids are are ready to receive what, what the talk's going to be about. But we're really big into environments here at New Spring. And just a few steps away from you are some of the greatest kids' environments in the world. And I'm telling you that for a reason. We're going to get pretty graphic in this series, okay? Um, some of us have, have been in churches where pastors stay away from, like, sensitive topics like sex and don't talk very straight about it. Uh, you need to know we're not afraid of any topic here at New Spring, in fact, the only thing I'm afraid of is letting you go out of here without the information that you need to know to live the kind of life that's successful. So in this particular series, and actually the next series, which is called Freaking Messed Up, these are going to be two pretty, <laughs> these are going to be two pretty intense series. And so I just, you know, parents, you need to judge what's age, age appropriate for your kids. And I'm letting you know today, today's talk is not quite as graphic as we're going to be getting later. So today's kind of a slow pitch. I just want to give you a heads up. And so uh, that, that's just a word to the wise. And then again, it could be that you're saying, well, Mark, I want my kids to hear this, and that's fine too, but I just want to let you know this, these talks are going to be just really, really straight. And, and I'm doing it because I'm just following the Bible, you know? For some of us, our experience in church has been stained glass and pipe organ, and the minister's kind of, he doesn't talk about anything that unsettles anyone. You need to know at New Spring, we're not, we're not afraid of anything, and so we're going to be talking real, real straight. Well, welcome to our series. It's called Love Songs. And I love love songs. I, I guess most of us probably do. I, for me, uh, I'm a musician and, and, and grew up in music, grew up loving music, and, and music has a way of just communicating with me in a way that maybe words don't have. And I can think about a love song that's important to me, and it'll just like take me back. My son, Stephen, who's our youngest, he's 15, he's really into 70s rock. And I'm enjoying this. I'm really, really enjoying this because, you know, we're driving down the highway with the roof open, you know, and stuff. And, you know, sound system just wide open in the car. And we're listening to the same music. It's really a lot of fun. But I'm probably driving him crazy with something because I don't know if, if you're this way or not. But I can hear a song and it will take me back to what I was doing at the moment. It just like lets me relive the experience. And so I'm driving down the road, and, I can, and I'm just driving him crazy because a song will come on and I'll say, I'll tell him the month that song came out of the year. I said, that, that came out July 1973. I remember where I was. And, and I know I'm just driving him nuts with that, but I, I, it'll just take me back. For instance, 
Marielle and I went for a walk this week, and, and it was late at night, and it was a beautiful day, and we had a great day, and you know, our neighborhood's pretty and, and stuff this time of year, like just about all our neighborhoods are, and, and it was evening, you know, and the sun was going down, and next thing I know, I'm just hearing the words and the, and the music of one of my favorite love songs, Sills and Cross song called Summer Breeze, and it was just like talking to me. Love songs are that way, and I think guys like love songs because a lot of times we have a hard time expressing our feelings and putting it into words, and sometimes a love song, you know, will do that for us, and we'll say, yeah, that, that's our song, or that's my song, and, and I like that. Um, I, I, I really struggle, though, to get what I'm going to be talking about for the next five weeks down to one line. I really try to do that, because I want you to know where we're headed, and what this is going to be about. And by the way, just to, before I get to that, could I just tell you where we're going for the next five weeks? Today, I'm going to be talking to guys, and the talk is called Waiting on a Woman. Next week, I'm going to be talking, about, talking to ladies about how, how, what men need and what they're all about. Third week is a message called The Climb, and it's all about the challenge and the difficulty of long-term relationships and, and, and forever kind of love. And then the fourth week, we're going to be talking about cheating. And week number five, we're going to be talking about sex with no holds barred between a man and a woman who are in love with each other. And, and so we're going to be steaming up the glass in week five. But with all those topics, I was trying to think about how do I get it down to one line so you will know what the series is all about. And last night when I gave the talk in the first of our three services, I just didn't feel like I was there. So going back to Stephen, when I got in, he drove me home from church last night, and you know, and he had the stereo where he wanted. I got up this morning, got in my car, was driving by myself to the campus, and I turned on the stereo, and, and, and he had on my favorite band of all time. Now, I like a lot of music. I like just about all genre of music, but my favorite band of all time, anybody here know what it is? Chicago. I love Chicago. I grew up playing brass. Yeah, I grew up playing brass, and, and I love Chicago. And I love all their songs, just, you know, for the entire span. And, and Stephen does too. And so he had left a Chicago CD on there, and it was one of the power ballads from the Satara era. And, and it was, it was and it's, you know, my wife's favorite Chicago song. And we were listening to it when we were kids. You're the inspiration. And I was listening to this one lyric, and it said, You know our love was meant to be the kind of love that lasts forever. That's what this series is about. It is about the kind of love that lasts forever. I was at McDonald's this week watching television. It's cool. They have the flat screens at McDonald's now. Life is good. So I, <laughs> I'm watching. And, 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 and it's kind of like one of those morning talk shows, you know, about celebrities and what their lives are about. And, and they were talking about this, this guy and this gal who'd been married for like two years, and their marriage had broken up. And the celebrity had said, the gal had said, well, it was two good years, and we learned from it. Now we're moving on. We're looking for something else. And I, I really appreciated what the, what the woman said who was like hosting the show. She said, wasn't love supposed to last forever? What's this deal about two years was good and now we're moving on and we're trying on something else? And I know that relationships break up and I understand that and I'm sensitive to it. But my quest for this next five weeks is how does love that lasts forever come about? And what are the components of it? And what is it we need to know for the love that lasts forever? And we're going to be talking about songs. And most of all, we're going to be opening the Bible. I don't know if you know this or not. But there's a book in the Bible that is a love song. In fact, most ministers shy away from it. And I would tell you why, but it would be unflattering. Let's just say that some guys are cowards who stand on the stage, you know? And it's like we sort of shrink back from this book because it's so graphic. It's a song. It's a duet. Through the years, I've loved classic duets, you know? Whether it's R&B or, you know, I like some country or rock and roll. I love those classic duets. 
This is a duet between a man and a woman. And they're not just singing in harmony. They're singing to each other. I remember, this is really going way back, but there was an old duet. I think it was Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand. And I think it's You Don't Bring Me Flowers Anymore. And she's singing, he's singing, they're going back and forth. That's sort of what like Song of Solomon is like. The gal sings and the guy sings. And I mean, they are steaming up the glass. And this is great, great stuff. Now, we're going to have to do some work to figure out what's going on. Anybody else like me who likes to eat lobster? Anybody else who likes lobster? I love lobster. The only problem is lobster is work. You know, you order a steak, they bring it out there, just need a knife and a fork, okay? Lobster, they have pliers and stuff that you, that, you know, <laughs> that you need when you're eating lobster because you've got to crack the thing and you've got to work hard, but man, the meat is so good when you get there. That's what our talks are going to be like this five weeks. We're working through the book of Song of Solomon, this classic duet, a man and a woman singing to each other, and they're singing about the forever kind of love. Today, it's waiting on a woman. Because see, here's the deal. Here's what God wants to get across to us from the book of Genesis all the way through the Bible. God wants to get across to us that the forever kind of love starts when a man loves a woman. That is where it starts. My wife and I, we were just going over the service. Actually, we were just... You know, lying in bed talking about it, and, and Mary Alice said, she said this to me, I thought it was just genius. She said, God has made a woman to be cherished, and he has wired her to respond to that. See, I, I think guys need to pick up on that. God has made a woman to be cherished, and he's wired her to respond to that. Wow. Let's open Song of Solomon. And, and guys, before we get into it, could I just say this? I know good and well, before I start, that not every man is the same and not every woman is the same. And, and I'm well cognizant of that. I, I know that's true. But there are trends, and we're going to look at some of those trends. And more than that, we're just going to crack the shell of Song of Solomon and get down to the lobster. Let me give you a little background on how this story develops. Solomon is king. But he's sort of a strange guy. Solomon had grown up in a family where his father had started off very poor and had become the most powerful man in the world. You ever hear the story of David and Goliath? David is Solomon's dad. So when David was a kid, he was a shepherd boy. He was out in the fields watching the sheep. But then he killed Goliath, and God just like elevated him until he became king of Israel. So Solomon has grown up in a home with a kind of an unusual father. His dad was two people. On one hand, his dad still liked to go out in the fields and hang with the shepherds. On the other hand, he was a jet setter, and that's how Solomon grew up. And there was something inside of him. You know, there was a George Clooney side, and on the other hand, there was the side of Solomon that he just sort of liked hanging with the ordinary people. And some days, what Solomon would do, especially when he was young, is he would dress up in ordinary clothes, and he would go out to his fields where his sheep and goats were, and he would just, you know, without, without looking like the king, he would go out there as an ordinary person and just hang with them. There was a particular field that Solomon had leased out to some brothers, and I don't know if, you have, if we have any ladies here today who you grew up with brothers, and they had jobs, and they made you do their jobs, especially if you were a kid sister, and that's what happened with these guys. They were brothers, but they weren't very nice, and they made their young sister come out and help them and here's Solomon, he's going out to check on these brothers that he's hired to watch his fields, and all of a sudden he's just struck because there is this gal out there, and Solomon cannot take his eyes off her. She's a country gal. She's not from the city. 
She's been outside. Her skin was tanned. And that's, that's prized today, but it wasn't prized in Solomon's time. But Solomon loves this gal, and he just, you know, he, he just watches her. You know, remember the music, music to watch, a song, Music to Watch Girls by? Solomon's just checking her out. And after a while, he starts kind of crossing the dating line, and he goes to her, and he invites her to a banquet. He is saying to her, basically, look, I'm throwing a party for you. I'm throwing a banquet for you. It's going to be great. It's going to be elegant. Everybody there is going to be looking at you. We're going to start right there in the book of Song of Solomon because, as, as we're going to find out, she's a little bit insecure about her appearance. Would that be the first time that's happened, ladies? Song of Solomon chapter 1, verse 5, she says, I'm weathered but still elegant. That's a strong statement. What she is saying is, I think I'm beautiful on the inside, but I don't look good right now. This is not a good time to ask me out. You know, look, look at this. She said, oh, dear sisters in Jerusalem, I'm weather darkened like Keter desert tents. Now, tents in that part of the world were covered in black goat's hair. Goat's hair was not prized, and, and sheep or goats that were black were definitely not prized. And so what she was saying is, look, I, I'm, I'm weather darkened like these tents. And she says, verse 6, don't look down on me because I'm dark, darkened by the sun's harsh rays. My brothers ridiculed me and sent me to work in the fields. They made me care for the face of the earth, but I had no time to care for my own face. She is basically saying, I don't, I don't look good right now. I, I would like to be good for you. I'd like to go on this date. I would like to be at this banquet. But right now, this is not a good time. Please don't ask me out. In fact, what she is saying is, just let me go back to the fields and watch the goats. I really, I don't know why this is. And again, I know not every woman is this way. But it does seem to me, after all these years of pastoring, and I've listened to hundreds of women talk about their lives, it does seem to me that women have a little bit of an inclination to be insecure about their appearance. I've seen beautiful women who, who were lovely in inside and outside, and yet they would somehow feel that they were not beautiful. I, 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 maybe, again, not every woman, but I, I know that there are women. They can have 99 good things about their appearance and one thing that they don't like, and if they stand in front of a mirror, they will look at the one thing they do not like, and they'll say, I'm not pretty, I'm not beautiful. I don't know why women are wired that way. It just, maybe it's just part of life. And again, not every woman is. But this is how this woman was. She was saying to Solomon, I, I just don't know why you picked me. I don't know why you're interested in me. You're an important man. You're wealthy. You're rich. And you're, you know, you're a jet setter. What is it about me that you like? Now, what we're going to look at now is what a man needs to know, what guys need to know, because throughout this narrative, this exchange, this duet that they're going to sing, we're going to learn some things that are really, really important to men. Some of these things we'll learn from the man, some of these things we'll learn from the woman, but we're going to crack the shell and we're going to get to the lobster. Here's number one. And by the way, before I get to this talk, I met with 12 ladies in our church this week because I wanted to get the input of, of women before I got into this, and it really helped me confirm some things that I already knew, confirm things that I saw in the Bible, and then I learned some things that I never knew before. We're going we're to learn some of these today. Guys, here's number one. We'll call it the focus factor. <laughs> one thing I heard from ladies over and over is, it means the world when my husband focuses on me, when he really dials in and pays attention to me. One lady said, my husband multitasks. And then she paused and said, he thinks he multitasks. <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of times, guys, it's hard for the woman that we love to get our attention 
because our attention is half on ESPN and half on her. And somehow we have the idea, I can drift in, I can sort of get the gist of what she's saying, and I can pay attention to what I'm paying attention to also. Listen to this. This is from chapter 2, verse 3. She's singing, and here's what she says. All I want to do is sit in his shade to taste and savor his delicious love. He took me home with him for a festive meal, but his eyes feasted on me. In effect, she's saying, there was a whole lot going on. We were at a banquet, and there were people wanting his time. You know, the people that wanted to shake his hand and talk to him and so on. But she said, his eyes feasted only on me. In the meeting that I had with the ladies, one of the ladies made this comment. She talked about her husband. She says, this is a great guy. And he loves his job. He loves his career. He's a great worker. But she said that he had planned. He told her that on, his, on her birthday, he was going to take the day off and spend it with her. And I wish you could have seen the joy on her face as she talked about her husband stopping what he was doing to focus completely on her. Guys, I just don't think we understand how important that is. I don't think we get it. It's just something that, to us, we don't realize it because our mind's over here, it's over here, it's over here. But it's so important to the woman that we love that we focus. Listen to the words of this woman. He took me to a banquet. A lot was going on, but his eyes feasted on me. Number two, romance rules. That's a surprise to men because men think sex rules. Just how we're tuned. I don't, I mean, you know, when the, heaven, when the heavenly orchestrator, when he, when he tuned us, that's just how we're tuned. Men think sex rules. But I don't think we understand, and romance I know is an antique term, but I don't think we understand how important romance is. Now, the moment I say that word, it means so many things to so many different people. But let me take you through a scenario and see if this helps us understand. Guys, when you were dating the woman of, of your life, and you were trying to win her, do you remember how you behaved, how you looked, how you took care of yourself, how you tried to make her laugh, how you did everything you could to entertain her, to get her to pay attention to you? That's the romantic side of things. And when something happens, and this it cuts both ways. I know I could be talking to ladies too about this, but something really toxic happens in a relationship when people begin to take each other for granted and say, we're there. You're now my wife. I've won you. You belong to me. We need to have sex this many times during the week. <laughs> something really, really bad happens there when a guy stops trying to win his wife. Listen to what she says. This is in Song of Solomon chapter 2, verse 6. His left hand cradles my head, and his right arm encircles my waist. You get that picture? Not much has changed. I mean, that is one of the tenderest hugs you can imagine. In fact, Marianne said, it's like dancing. You know, his left hand is around my head, she said, and his right arm is around my waist. I don't want to go too far with this, but almost if you think about it, it's like when she said his left hand is around my head, that's like a protection move, a protective move. And when his right arm encircles her waist, it's like saying, I want you close to me. Romance rules. Number three, we'll just call this one the competition is closed. When I was a kid growing up, I was taught that men are competitive, but women are not. Where did that myth come from? (laughs) Men and women both are competitive. And if you've ever been in an environment where there are a lot of women, you'll find out that it is a competitive environment oftentimes. And basically what can happen with women is that if they'll begin to look at themselves through the eyes of other women. 
You know what's interesting? Not much has changed, ladies, in 3,000 years. Do you remember at the beginning of the story where the woman said, I really shouldn't go to the banquet with you. I don't think I look good. I don't think my face is fixed. I haven't had time to work on my appearance. I'm, beauty, I'm pretty on the inside, but right now is not a good time. I need to go back and work with the goats. There's this chorus in the background of the women in the city, and you know what they're telling her? There's a lot of fields where you could go. Any other women? No, don't raise your hands. You ever feel like that? I mean, women are telling you, well, you know what? If you think you're not good looking enough and you, don't, you think you shouldn't go to the banquet, well, hey, you, here's some goats over here that you can hang with. Now, listen to her talk. This is, she's singing in Song Solomon 2, verse 1. She said, I'm just a wildflower picked from the plains of Sharon, a lotus blossom from the valley pool. She's saying, in essence, I don't know why you love me. I don't know why you're attracted to me. I'm just a wildflower. I didn't come from the florist in a white box wrapped in green paper. I'm not part of a floral arrangement. I'm not a gardenia. I'm not, you know, an orchid. I'm just a wildflower. That's how she saw herself. He starts singing and listen to how he turns this. He said, yeah, you're a lotus blossoming in a swamp of weeds. That's my dear friend among the girls in the village. He's saying, yeah, babe, you're a wildflower, all right, but compared to all the other women in town, they're all weeds and you're the flower. There's a sweet-talking guy right there, right? And a wise guy. See, here's the deal. Uh, Guys, and I don't know, surely we don't have anybody here who would do this, but just in case, let let me say this. There are a couple things that guys do that just really eat at the self-esteem of the women in their lives. Number one is anything that sounds like an unfavorable comparison with other women. You're at the mall, you're at a concert, you're at some place, guys, it's like, wow, look at her. Look at her hair. Wow, look at her. You know, and you're saying, I don't mean anything by it, Mark. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of teasing a little bit. Or, I mean, yes, yeah, she did look, she looked hot. Now, look at that. Look at, look, at, look at her figure. Isn't it incredible? And I'll just stop right there because you could get more specific than that. But, you know, here's the thing. If the guy, you know, if, if, the, if the gal in your life is here, if she hears this from you, you would look great if you lost 25 pounds. You would look great if you had this cosmetic surgery. Because look at her. And often, a lot of times, here's the deal. Guys just really don't even know what they're saying, but what they don't realize is that what, it's like a whip to the psyche of the women that they love. The second thing is a big deal today, and it's getting more prolific. And I think guys don't understand this either, but I've just listened to hundreds of women tell me this. And a lot of times, good guys get caught up in this, and that's pornography. The guy's just saying, well, it's an attractive image. I'm looking at it. But a woman says, man, what is wrong with me that he needs to look at these images? Look at what Solomon said in his song as he's singing to her in verse 5 of chapter 7. The feelings I get when I see the high mountain ranges, stirrings of desire, longings for the heights, remind me of you, and I'm spoiled for anyone else. I like that. I'm spoiled you're so great, I can't even pay attention to anybody else. You've ruined me. Nobody else is as good as you are. Okay, let's move to the next one, and we'll call it the one thing guys tend not to get. And I know ladies are saying, is there just one thing guys tend not to get? But I think you'll see this. And by the way, ladies, the gal's going to be singing here, and she is brilliant. I'm not talking to ladies so much today, but for a few moments, ladies, you just might want to pay attention to what she does because she does something I think is phenomenal. Let's look at, look at her song. Because he's just said, before she starts singing, he's just said, you are so beautiful and I love you so much. And she's saying, then 
you must protect me from the foxes. Then you must protect me from the foxes. Well, what in the world does that mean? You must protect me from the foxes. Well, clearly, she's not talking about little animals that run along the ground. I'm going to read this out of the NLT in chapter 2, verse 15. She said, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love. Look at the expression, little foxes, little foxes. You know, (laughs) what she is saying, Solomon, is, I know you guys don't tend to get the importance of little things. She's calling his mind to something that happens in the country. During the time of harvest, foxes would get into the vineyard, and it was the, it was the, the responsibility of the vine dresser to lift the little clusters of grapes up so the foxes couldn't get to them. And she's saying, I know you're a man, and you don't tend to understand how important little things are to me. So help me. Ladies, what I like about this is she's not saying, hey, I'm just going to wait till he screws up, and then I'll enjoy self-pity and say if he loved me, he would know what's important to me. She's not playing that game. She's getting him on her side. She's saying, you know what, babe? I know you probably don't know how important little things are to me, but would you help me? Would you get on my team? Would you help me know how important words are, how important tone of voice is, how important it is to pay attention to my emotions even if you don't understand them, how important you know days and moments and romance and spontaneity, all those little things. Because see, men don't see that typically. Some men might. I don't get it. I struggle with it. I'm telling you, I'm the kind of guy that thinks elephants spoil a vineyard. Elephants get in there and trample it. But she's saying, and I think most ladies would say to the guys who love them, you don't realize how important little things are. This is years and years and years ago. Our church used to be located on South Hillside, and there was a parsonage next door to the church. And it was a really, really old house and not all that great. But I remember there was no dishwasher in the house. And so um, Mary Alice was washing dishes one night after, after dinner. And I just came in to talk with her. And without even realizing it, just reflexively, I picked up a towel and I started drying a dish. And I dried the dishes. I, I wasn't even paying attention to what I was doing. I, I think if I'd left the room at that moment, I wouldn't have even known that I'd done it. But Mary Alice stopped for a moment and reached out and grabbed me and said, you will never know what that just meant to me. Hey, guys don't get how important the little things are. And this gal, isn't she brilliant? She is saying to him, help me. Help me help you. Help, help me get on the same side with you. I, little things, because see, here's the deal. I, and, and I got to tell you, you have no idea how many times I've sat in a room with a man or a woman, and their marriage is at the very point of breaking up, sometimes past the point of no return. And I ask them, how did it get this way? You know what it always started out with, or almost always started out with? A guy who didn't get the little things. Little, little things, just little slights, little insults, little hurts, little failures to be there. And she starts saying to him, you know, we have a problem. He's saying, no, we don't have a problem. We won't have a problem until an elephant gets in here. And she's saying, no, there's little foxes. Huge. Well, let's go to the next one. Guys, tell your wife or tell the love of your life how you see her. 
I'm going to go to Song of Solomon chapter 6, and I'm just going to read this to you because I'm getting short on time, but I just want to read this. This is so good because the woman is saying your beauty is, or the guy is saying your beauty is too much for me. I'm in over my head. I'm not used to this. I can't take it in. Your hair flows and shimmers like a flock of goats in the distance. I wouldn't try that one because (laughs) clearly something has changed with the passage of time. 3,000 years have worked on that one, so... You tell your gal her hair is like a flock of goats, and I bet you won't be in too good a shape. Um, Your smile, verse 6, is generous and full, expressive, strong, and clean. Your veiled cheeks are soft and radiant. There's no one like her on earth. Never has been, never will be. She's a woman beyond compare. My dove is perfection. Now, hey, is she perfection? She's already said she's not. She's saying, I I don't look all that great on the outside. I think I'm pretty on the inside, but right now I'm struggling to look good on the outside. And yet listen to him tell her how he sees her. He is saying, my dove is perfection. There's nothing wrong with her. In chapter 7, verse 2, he says, your body is a chalice, wine field. Your skin is silken and tawny like a field of wheat touched by the breeze. Your breasts are like fawns, twins of a gazelle. Your neck is carved, ivory, curved, and slender. Your eyes are wells of light, deep with mystery, quintessentially feminine. Your profile turns all heads, commanding attention. Your beauty, I love this, within and without is absolute. Now, guys... Before a guy can sing a song like that, he's got to think about it a little while. He's got to use some imagination. There, I tell you what I hate so much in life. I hate it when people are gifted and they just mail it in. That just grates on me. I'm so performance-driven in my life, I just hate it when I see people that have gift and talent and ability, and for some reason they just mail it in. I got to tell you, God says the forever kind of love happens when a man loves a woman, when a guy serves the woman in his life, and he doesn't mail it in. Solomon has thought a lot about this. He looks at this gal, and in his mind, she's perfect. In his mind, there's nothing wrong with her. She is fine. She's hot. And he's creative, and he's specific. And he's telling her, it, babe, it ain't just your outside that's beautiful. Your inside is beautiful. In fact, I love this. If you're looking for a hotline, and if you mean it from your heart, guys, I like this one. Your beauty's absolute. I'm just wrecked, he said. I, n- nobody else can get my attention. No other woman. I'm just spoiled for anybody else. Your beauty, inside and outside, is absolute. I'm closing with this. Late in the book, she's singing about herself. How did she start out singing about herself? I, I, I feel good on the inside, but I'm not right on the outside. I don't think I'm pretty. I don't even think I should go to the bank, or I think I should go back to the goat herd. That's how she saw herself. Listen to how she sees herself at the end. In Song of Solomon 7.10, she said, I am my lover's. I'm all he wants. I'm all the world to him. Something changed in her. Something changed from chapter 1 where she said, I don't think I'm ready for prime time, to the place where she got when she said, I am everything to my lover. I'm all he wants. What happened was there was a man who served a woman 
and saw the purpose of his life in that relationship to show her his love. That's been 3,000 years ago, but it still works. It is how to have that kind of love that lasts forever. Let's pray. Father, thank you for letting us be here today and for what we've learned from your word. I ask you, God, that you would help every man here, every young man who thinks at some point about finding the right woman. I pray you'll help every relationship here. Help guys to get it. In Jesus' name, amen. Just pray with me for another moment. I know we haven't talked about this a lot today, but the story of Song of Solomon, a lot of people think that it has to do not only with a man and a woman, but with Jesus and us. Because like Solomon was a king, Jesus is a king. And like Solomon, you know, donned ordinary clothes and went out among the people, God came to earth and he was a man like you and a human like you and me. And he did it. And and the, the Bible calls us the bride of Christ. He is the king groomsman. And I think sometimes we wonder, well, can God accept me because I have all these flaws? And we feel kind of like the woman that says, I don't feel like I'm ready for prime time. But the Bible tells us that God loves us so much that he died for all our sins and all our flaws. His death paid for our sins. And Scripture says this, that if we would believe that Jesus died for us and that he raised from the grave, rose from the grave, if we would invite him in to become our Lord and Savior, that he would come in and change our lives. And I know this is going to be quick, but if you've ever thought about the moment of inviting Jesus to become your Savior, I'm going to pray a prayer, and these aren't magic words, but if you pray them from your heart, God will listen to your prayer. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned, but I believe you died to deal with my sin. I believe your blood paid for my sins. I believe you arose from the grave. I ask you to be my Savior and my King. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that happened quickly, but if you just pray with me to receive Jesus, I have a gift I want to give you. If you open up your love songs, uh, the little worship folder you got when you came in, part of it is detachable. If you just pray with me to receive Christ, I want to give you a vinyl packet. It's got some DVDs and great stuff to help you. In, in following Jesus. If you'll put your name and address on there, you can drop in the offering bags in a minute or in the boxes in the back. I'll mail it to you. And if you don't, if you have time to wait, I know we're full today, but if you have time to wait, you can, right through those middle doors, there's two areas called New Spring Store and Guest Services. If you just pray with me to receive Jesus and you want the packet today, you can just bring this back there and say, hey, I pray with Mark. That's all you have to say. You can give them this and they'll give you the packet.